Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Man, I want to kick this season off like tonight, honestly. Whenever I watch the Lion stuff... I am known as the ultimate lion cynic. I get criticized up and down and, you know, there's some fairness to it, but also let's face it, they've been terrible forever and certainly my entire life. And unless you're like 96 years old, your life too. But this is sort of a rare territory now where we're going into a season where not only are we not defeatist, not only are we finding some pathway to this maybe working out in an ideal world and situation, we are in uncharted territory in my lifetime where we are expecting to win the division and anything shy of that would be borderline catastrophic. And you can always count on me to temper the enthusiasm and tamp it down a little bit. And it's not because I'm trying to be a wet blanket, but because I'm terrified. They've broken my heart a thousand and one times and I don't trust them, but somebody that I love and, and cherish and respect in the football realm is a little bit more optimistic than me, which is a low bar to clear. My good friend, Natalie Sparbeck, your debut. It's, it's great to finally have you. You beat your dad to the chair. It's great. Great to finally have you here. Honestly. Well, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you, Justin. It's an honor. So I would say anybody that follows both of us, and there's a pretty good solid core in the you know center of that Venn diagram. We are the yin and the yang. I really feel that way. And I love you. I, you're my like complete opposite. You know, I have a tweet shitting on the Lions for taking a running back. You have a tweet mocking people for shitting on the Lions for taking a running back. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> the it's not just that we disagree. It's like the exact inverted take to the point where it's almost like coordinated. I feel like like it's, sure. it's, it's, an, it's not but you could fool some people. OK, we all understand where we're at with this. So, Ben. Put up the NSC North division odds. This is updated as of this morning. It's been pretty much in this realm for the past few months. This is going to set the table. So clear cut favorite at this point, the Detroit Lions plus 140, Vikings 275, Bears and Packers now co-tied for third favorites at plus 400. So that is not prohibitive, but that's a healthy favorite. And the keynote there at the bottom first time favored to win since 1992 this division this is kind of crazy were you even born yet i was five years old i mean this is kind of wild territory right it's wild territory and i don't want to give away my age but i was born at this point barely just barely (laughs) does that scare you does that stat when you look at that is there any element of this where it's like Shit, it's the Lions. Even though we're the clear-cut favorite, you got that little line at the bottom that this shit, like, we're never in this situation. We never have won it since then as well. It's 93, actually. But does that scare you at all? Do you buy this sort of ominous dark cloud, or is that just a bunch of garbage, in your opinion? No, I don't think it's a bunch of garbage. I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. Um... (laughs) People watching are going to be like laughing, being like, oh, my God, this bitch. But um, no, <laughs> How is that possible, though. How are you not? I'm fascinated by it, honestly, because what is there anything to be scared about? Like we have gone through misery for 60 years. 
like us combined, that's how long our ages combined. That's essentially how long that this has gone on. And I, I kind of am at that point where I'm like, let's just embrace it. Like, why not? And I think when it comes to hype train, this is not Detroit that has started this. It's the national media. And this started, I would say, what, week 12 last year? I think it was kind of like the turning point was that Buffalo game was Thanksgiving. A lot of stuff went down in that game, and we could have won that game. But I, like, in your lifetime, you tell me when the national media has acted this way. I mean, we have been a laughing stock to this. It's never happened. Never. In my lifetime. Never. We deserved it in the 11 and 5 year, and we just didn't get it. That was the, I mean, it was a joke that that was a road wildcard team that won 11 games, like, Nine times out of ten, you go eleven and five. You're at least hosting the wild card game, and that was one of the best defenses of the past ten years by PFF. It was like the second best defense yeah. in a decade, yeah. and they had Stafford, Reggie Bush, uh, mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, uh, Pettigrew when he was like still pretty good. Golden Tate, like that team, like a, a solid offensive line. That was the one team that I thought was really, really good in my lifetime, like really good. And they just didn't get it done, and they they came a, a hair shy. But in terms of the hype and situation, this is only the second time we've had a good team, in my opinion, and the first time we've ever been in the hype train boat. Sure. I mean, this is wild. Like, for you to turn on or anybody to turn on NFL Network or ESPN, and you hear people like Mina Kimes and Stephen A. talking about the Lions, I mean, it just doesn't happen. That never happens. And it's happening, and it's daily, and it's regular, and it's everywhere. And that's where I think, like, the national media has allowed for all of us to breathe and be like, whoa, like, maybe there is something here. And I think also it's the first time. And don't tell me the Caldwell Caldwell era was the same because I will disagree with you till the, the sun sets. But that it's we have hope, like true, real hope. And I understand Hope is not a strategy. That's not a real thing. But what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are doing is giving everybody hope. And whether it's who they're drafting, how they're drafting, going outside the grain, like with the Jameer Gibbs, um, I, I just think it's an, an overwhelming sense of hope. And then the national media on top of it has created, okay, like this is for real. That being said, there's standards that are set. The expectations are higher than ever. So we got to deliver. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, this is this is going to be it's going to be interesting. But I my whole take being, why not? Other than we can sit here and we can say, OK, this is 60 years of misery and our dads who are just pissed off curmudgeons and oh, my God, like, OK, then fine, then don't watch. But like the people that are in are in. I'm with them. I'm with the curmudgeon dads, but I'm going to watch. <laughs> I, I'm not quite as cynical as maybe uh, Jazzy Jeff, your dad, and you know my own dad, and I'm not quite to that level. But they got some years on me, obviously. I here's I get constantly accused of being a Lions hater. They've hurt me so many times. It's not. It's not. I'm dying for them to be good. Please, like, sure, be wrong. I, I'm. Sure. I, I've never rooted more hard against a take in my life as a sports fan and commentator than the Dan Campbell take specifically. I, I want so badly to be wrong about that. 
in a vacuum last year I was. I said the under five and a half was the best bet in Vegas. I couldn't believe that number. And I was doing, I was dancing on the grave when they were like one and six, one and seven. I was took a premature victory lap. I looked dumb. You were dumb. so happy, Justin. I was not happy. I was I enjoyed dunking on people that mocked me, and the people that mocked me got the last laugh. But I still have a chance to, in terms of the take at the last laugh, because I always said it when Dave Burkett was here before yep. Campbell coached his first game. Sure. Burkett sat in that chair. And I I never said Dan Campbell stinks is going to win four games. Uh, now, he was a year early on the timeline. I said he was going to be very similar to Caldwell. If you get player buy-in in this league, if the, if the players just don't hate you and you're not a complete nincompoop, like you're going to win eight or nine games. Half the leagues in open mutineers quit on their coach. So just, and I don't think they'll ever quit on him. So I don't view him as a Rod Marinelli, and I never did. I, it's can he hit that next level? I don't know. I want to put this in context. Ben, can you play our, our little graphic there, or throw up our graphic on? It's been a while to put in context of what we're talking about here. It has been a long time since 1993 that the Detroit Lions have won this division. This is what it looked like. Oh, wow, I will Whitney. always love you. Rest in peace, Whitney Houston. <laughs> was the number one song that year. Jurassic Park released, iconic. Jordan and the Bulls complete their first three-peat. And look at Dan. Not the best high school picture of him, but that was the only one available. Dan Campbell was a senior <laughs> in high school. I don't know how you acquired that picture. And he's not like year one Sean McVay. He's not an old guy, but he's not year one Sean McVay. He's kind of old. So this is, I mean, Jurassic Park, Whitney Houston was on top of the world. Like Dan Campbell was in high school, like thinking about who I'm thinking of prom. It's been a long time. I Like we haven't seen this really. I mean, I was six. I don't remember that. I, I didn't really watch the sure. Lions intently until like 1995. So you you don't really ascribe anything in terms of the curse stuff. I to me the curse is a cop out. Oh, the, the Bobby Lane stuff. The four any any version of it. The Lions are cursed. The okay. Detroit versus everybody. Any manifestation of it. I think it's all nonsense. The Fords are terrible. We'll <laughs> we'll see. I mean, as a family, as a unit. Hey, Sheila is. Sheila's the dog. She's the one, right? Based on what though? <laughs> what has she done? Sure. Sure. So that's what I'm saying right yeah. now. I'm saying take the gamble on faith. Do you and do you believe in Sheila or is it just a why not? Like, is there something other than oh, why the fuck not like that you're behind her? Um, do you see something different in her that, you know, Martha didn't have or senior didn't have? Well, I don't want to speak ill on Ford seniors, but I think that she is there. I I really believe in my heart that she does want to bring champions to the lions into Detroit, into the city, into the fan base. Like she says all the right things. And from what we see, she's very involved and that she's very in tune with what Brad and Dan are trying to do and that she is always willing to listen. And, you know, I think they have a lot of autonomy. I don't know. I'm not sitting in Allen park every day, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been 60 years, Justin. I don't know. Well, I like you it know, more than the first two. And I, I mean, you, right. you can be careful with your words on the first two. I'll, you know, I'll professionally, it's not a personal thing. They were terrible. They didn't do anything. It's almost impossible to be this bad for this long. I, I mean, if you <laughs> short of like active intentional sabotage, and even then it'd be hard. Like one playoff win and we're going on 70 years. What is it? 64? It, it's it boggles the mind where in any given year the Super Bowl champion has three or four if they were a wild card team times more playoff wins than we've had I mean since JFK was shot like it's sure. just it's no, ridiculous it's, it's miserable and I do think I feel for people our parents age that 
I mean, they've never gotten to see anything like this. And they and that's the thing. I always say that there's like three different tiers of Lions fans. There's like three buckets. The first bucket, you have your curmudgeons and your people that are just naysayers. And it doesn't matter that the team could literally win the division or win a playoff game. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, like this team sucks. Like they're just naysayers and they're pessimists and it is what it is. And you're never going to change their mind. And then you have like the middle tier. They're kind of like the toe dippers. They're like, oh, yeah, like screw the Lions. Like I'll go mow my lawn if they're losing in the second quarter on a Sunday. I don't really care. But, you know, they really care. And they're like are emotionally attached, but they just can't like allow themselves to be emotionally attached. And then there's like the slap shows, like the slappies, like die hard, all in. I'm on the train with Dan and Brad, like, let's go. We're going to the Super Bowl. So you have all these different tiers. And I think everyone in this city and in this state has a right to be in whatever bucket they want. Because at the end of the day, yes, the team has not proved anything yet. But again, it kind of goes back to my, this is because, okay, so let me ask you this. Mariucci, Marinelli, Schwartz, Caldwell, dare I say his name, Ugh, Patricia, like, when has there ever been this much positivity in an overwhelming sense? When have players Mary, sat down Mary, and said, Mariucci was pretty hot coming in. Look at that record okay, in San coming Francisco. In, coming in, that's fine. And I no. was... I, is pretty Full disclosure, good. I was young during yeah. during this. We violated up. the Rooney rule. We were like the first one to break that rule. That's a, like a very uh, proud thing for the <laughs> yet another <laughs> banner. We were the first ones to get fined for violating the Rooney rule. Another banner moment in the history Ugh. of that franchise. But, but I loved Mariucci coming in and people were hot, but, hot, hot. But not like this. There's never been where there's this. When have players. The team, no. The coach, I would argue, yes. But. When have players restructured their contracts to stay here? When have players openly come out to that podium and said, like, hey, I'm, I want to stay in Detroit. Like, I want to be a lion. Like, Fair. whatever I need to Fair. do. Yep. Like, Fair. when have, when, I don't care that Goff was an alternate or uh, St. Brown. When was the last time that we sent four players to the Pro Bowl? That was, like, in the 70s, I think. Oh, come on. I'm sure that 90s team. Ben, look, Maybe. look that up in the internet. No, Maybe I like think because Herman I tweeted Moore, about Perriman, it. I Barry think it was, Sanders. like, 1976. Mitchell threw, like, 78 touchdowns but, one year. <laughs> it felt like, like it just, he was, like, one of the first 40 touchdown guys. Everything just feels very different. And that's, that's why I brought up all those different coaches. Because, I mean, I understand. Like, I haven't been around for 50 years. Like, I don't understand some of the pain that individuals in this city are going through. But... I know my own pain and I, and my own, like, and you know me like better than a lot of people. Like I am passionate and I'm emotional and I wear my heart on my sleeve and I take this stuff seriously. Like I get way too emotionally involved and like for me to feel this positive and stuff. And you know, here's the thing. Why not be positive? Because in November or December, I'll eat crow. So if they suck and they go, they're, they're, at three wins or four wins or even five, six wins in November, December, I'll eat crow. But like, I don't think that's going to happen. When was the last time that we had this money people betting on the Lions to go to the Super Bowl? That's never oh, happened. Never. Never. It's it's one of the, you know, kind of popular pet picks where they're they're not one of the five favorites, but I think they're right at the top of the second tier or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. And that was sort of the framing of the whole topic is that we are in uncharted territory. I, I am curious and I hope it doesn't happen, but what happens if they do get off to a, 
a funky start? Like, how do they recover? You know, because it's different. Last year, no one was expecting anything. It was easier to get off the mat. If this year gets off to a bad start, and I'm not so worried about 0-1, although I'm not conceding the Chiefs game, by the way. I don't know like people are like, oh, yeah, 0-1. I don't get that. The They're Chiefs, good. hangover, man. They're going to be looking at their, you know, banner going up and shit. And I do think the first two games, and people need to be very – there is a very good chance. Like, again, you know me. I'm like, they're going to go to Kansas City and they're going to win this I game. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs, actually. I think and so, that's too. me saying And that. I would love it if Chris Jones was uh, <laughs> was playing alongside of our guys instead of them. But um, I don't think that's really going to happen. But I think that people also need to prepare themselves. Like, I am a realist, too. Like, even though I'm so yay hype train. Um, if they could w- lose very feasibly in Kansas City... And then on top of that, they got to come home and play Seattle. And we saw what happened last year. And that's the thing about this league is that everyone with their own respective teams is like, well, we got this draft pick and everybody, we're good. Like, we're all dogs now. Like, we, our secondary's lit. It's like, well, okay, the Lions got better, but so did everybody else. So that's where I kind of am like, okay, pump the brakes. Seattle's going to be a really tough game. Do I think the Lions go into Ford Field and lose that game again? Absolutely not. And I hope everyone feels the same way. But again, like, there's shit happens in the NFL. If this team starts 0-2, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, we don't need to be calling for Campbell's head. Like, it's all going to be okay. So... You know the data on that 0-2 thing. Yeah, I mean, the that's, uh, playoff odds are just going down. It's like, I mean, I, I, the last I heard that stat, it was like six years ago so the numbers change but isn't it isn't it like 88 percent of the time they miss the play i think it's like 10 percent you can recover. yeah it's like 13 percent. it's something like that like eight to 15 percent. it's low it's not good um yeah so you gotta gotta go one and one at least i feel like you know that's you don't want to be behind the eight ball your margin for error is gone so here's the thing i can get into a point mentally emotionally all the above where okay this team's gonna win the division in fact, I can't give you a football reason they won't, other than the obvious asterisk if someone gets, you know, if golf gets hurt. Injuries always yeah, happen. If your quarterback gets hurt, I, well, you got to say it, because if so, if golf goes down and someone clips it. Hey, boom. Teddy's coming to town. It's okay. Well, yeah, br- br- <laughs> I, I like Teddy, but I'm also like probably other than Wade Fink, the biggest Jared Goff fan in the world. Sure. I mean, I know you're you're a golf I person, am, too. I am such an advocate. And I know you huge are fan. too. Huge. Well, no, I mean, I please. I, I'm not like competitive about it. I need more support. I love the guy. I am such an advocate of him. And I think so, we don't need to like tangent on JG, but. Okay, so we can only sit here and talk about how he was treated by the Rams and how McVay treated him and stuff like that is eventually like now we're 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 years past that. Right. So I think he came here and like. He just was completely written off, which is like so kind of disgusting to me. He went to the Super Bowl. I mean, how many quarterbacks in this league can say they went to a Super Bowl? It's a very small percentage. And he was not along for the ride. He was a Pro Bowl <laughs> quarterback on that team and was in the Pro Bowl. Was it the year before or the year after, too? He had the back to back Pro Bowl I mean, years. He was not just like getting dragged there. So it made no sense. It made no sense. And, like, I get it. Like, I mean, I I argue with my older brother all the time. He's always like, you just don't get it. Like, he's just not it to, like, get to. He, he's not going to. Whatever. Gonna, they were but, one turnover away from potentially winning the Super like, Bowl. Like, you either have the guy, like, and I think that's where, like, the Patrick Mahomes of the world has kind of skewed so much for the league as a whole. Like, no, Patrick Mahomes is is an anomaly, right? Like, 
even putting them against up against like a Burrow or a, an Allen, like they're all very different in their own right. But I think people, Jared Goff is there to do his job. And I think if he, I think if Holmes and Campbell really didn't see him being able to win, like they're smart guys, they're, they're here, they're trying to win. Like they wouldn't outright say it, even though forget his contract. Like we all get it. He's on a contract. He's got to get, they're paying him right now. But like, I mean, you hear how many times like Brad and Dan, no, we, we, he's our guy and we believe we can win with Jared Goff. And like, look at who he played with in the Super Bowl was a girly, I think. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, hence why they're putting the pieces around him to win. And he's against, or he's, he's got one of the best O-lines in the league and he plays really well in the pocket because we know he's not a mobile quarterback, but with having the O-line that they have, like he can do the things that they need him to do to win. You just so, said it. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say the offensive line point you just made. That's what I argued about with Jim Costa when he was here. This was before golf played it down. And I pulled the numbers that it was, I think it was pro football focus that had him as it was like the second or third best quarterback on the planet in the previous three seasons. It was like a huge sample size sure. when he has protection. Like he's now, you know, but that's adjusted. So you can say, oh, any quarterback's better with protection, but it's adjusted. So they're all, they're all adjusted. So if he is given time to throw, and it doesn't mean all day, but just not ambushed in the pocket. Like Kirk Cousins, he is poor guy. Elite. Yeah. Not good. Like Mahomes level. Now, Mahomes is a much better player. Mahomes can do it when he's blitzed. In fact, don't blitz Mahomes, he'll torture you. So don't <laughs> cut that up. But when protected, Goff is almost as good as anybody on the planet. That is a statistical fact. And they built their team in that way. Around the offensive him. line's awesome. They're he's so awesome good. when he's And we need them good. to stay healthy. We need them to stay healthy. Yes. Yeah. Which, like, Glasgow, that was a nice little return reunion signing. I like that. For sure. And Taylor Decker, he just came out in camp. Um, I think it was two days ago. And he just said, like, hey, like, this year is going to be really good because ugh, knock on wood, I hate talking about this because he's like, we are never all healthy going to camp and into preseason. And it's just different this year for them. I don't even want to use the I word, but there will be injuries, though. Sure. That's, that's everybody. I mean, look, I mean the, hopefully not the all line. We dodged this week. But back to Jeez, that was horrible. That I, and then I, you hear about Jalen Ramsey today, and everyone's like, "Oh my uh, god!" <laughs> and that, like, I was so excited, and still am now that he's fine. But I was so excited to see that dude running around in the secondary, and he's just a havoc creator. And I loved watching him during the playoff run last year. Yeah, it's like, come on, man! Yeah. I, need, I need Johnson out there man. for sure. But like, back to my point about Jared Goff, I think it's like a double-edged sword with him. People like he is here to do his job put his head down be a professional he is not into the flash he is not into the media he's not into like all the bs that comes with being a quarterback in this league i mean it's turned into an absolute i don't even know it's insane if you go on twitter every day um and that i almost think inhibits him from being looked at as like okay he is him he's the dog like because of that reason because he he doesn't give the media everything that everybody wants to hear in your in your QB one, you know. I think that's definitely a component. I think the bigger component is just the people cannot get that Rams exit out of their heads, and it I would was agree you with know that. it was a bad exit. I've hammered that to death. 
I blame McVeigh. I'm sorry if the coach is walking up and down the hallway saying, this guy doesn't get it. He'll never figure it out. You undermine him with his teammates. You completely zap his confidence. He was undercut. And, and by sure. the way, this isn't my speculation. Sean McVeigh admitted it when he was interviewed about it. He's like, yeah, I did a terrible job. I like, I did not have his back. <laughs> this is like, this is coming from that great ESPN report. I can't remember the, 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 the female reporter's name. She was awesome. It's one of the best pieces ESPN's done in 10 years, outlining all the reasons why golf was ra- effectively railroaded there by McVeigh's own admission. It was sad. It was, it was like I, I said, he is the most sympathetic. I've never felt so sorry for a guy who's, now engaged to one of the 10 most beautiful women alive. Kristen Harper, we love her. She's awesome. She's the best. Super down to earth. Like, I've never felt bad for a guy engaged to somebody that looks like that that's making like $40 million a year. But if there was ever (laughs) an example that would be an exception, it would be golf. I love the guy. He's my best buy buddy. We were buying TVs together and all, you know, we go way back. So let me finish here in terms of this context. Sure. Winning the division is great because it's Detroit and we've never seen it or a lot of us haven't seen it, or we're not old enough to remember. Other places ain't that great. Nobody looks at the Houston Texans as some uh, beacon or bastion or, or pinnacle of success in the league. Bill O'Brien is universally mocked. What does he have? Three division titles in the AFC, you know, before they ran him out of town? I mean, it's not that impressive, especially when the division is not that great as this division is not projected to be. So I'm with you on the division. Two-part question. Sure. Part one. Oh, God. They win the division. They host the playoff game. They lose, or maybe they win, and then they get blasted, blown out in the second game. Is that a satisfactory result for you? Just would you be happy with that? And two, and I would argue maybe the more interesting question, what is their ceiling, regardless of what you would be happy with? Is this a team that could be in the Super Bowl, in your opinion? Okay, so the first question is they host a soup. They, what, they, they what host is, a playoff they game. They win the division. Okay. And they host a playoff game and they either lose or they win and get not just lose the second game. Let's say they, they host the wild card and they get. Ew, they're not going to the wild card. Get out of here. I'm just saying basically <laughs> they do not go to the conference title game and it was not because the refs fucked them at the end, like of the divisional round. <laughs> like it was like it was not, it was a very soft, like. You know, you mean there is no flag on the past? I would not say they were on the doorstep of the conference championship game if they lose by 50, that kind of a thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't Draymond Green getting hacked by Gordon Hayward. Like, you know, the 2015 final four loss does not hurt like 2010. Like we were fucked in 2010. We just weren't good enough in 2015 difference. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, is that a satisfactory result for you? Because to me, who cares? We we mocked Bill O'Brien, who did that multiple times. And part two, what is the ceiling? I mean, again, we can go back and talk about this league being such a league of parody. And it's it's kind of hard to answer their ceiling because of like the I word. I hate using it. I mean, it freaks me out. Like, look what's going on in camp every day. But I think like the ceiling for me. Okay, so I think everyone's going to be elated if they win the division because we don't we again, we haven't seen that in years and years and years. So, of course, people are going to be happy, but they're going to want more. They're going to want more. And that's not and, – and, and they should, right? They should want more. That shouldn't just be like, oh, we won the division. Let's pack it up, go home. But if we, we host a playoff game and we – you said we win it. Yes. We win it. 
Okay, great. And, and then, then get destroyed. Like we're not even competitive. We get humiliated in the second game. No, I don't think. I, I don't think. I think. I don't see them ever getting humiliated. But if it happened, are you leaving that season saying, all right, like awesome. I'd be pissed. Okay, me too. I would be pissed. Um, Tell me about their ceiling now. What's their ceiling? I think, I don't see a reason why they couldn't win the whole damn thing. And that's me saying. Wow, Justin. I'm not predicting it. Oh my God, Mr. Curmudgeon over there. I am more inclined (laughs) to predict that they fall flat on their face, but that's not based on any football reasons. It's based on I'm terrified and I don't trust them. Why can't they... They, if their defense is even fifteen percent better, they already have a top five. Eric Glenn is going to get. He's going to get that. On paper, they're yeah. better. I, I mean, they can't be last year. No, I know they didn't win it, but they arguably could have or should have. They can't be last year's Eagles. One hundred percent. I could see that because happening. Not I as don't... good defensively, but better offensively potentially. One hundred percent. But if you look at last year, I remember it was Eagles, Forty ers Right. Well, not in the not in the NFC Championship game. Not in the Super Bowl. No, no, no. I know, but the NFC Championship game. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. If we go back to that game, I mean, I get it. The Forty Niners were on their fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Brock Purdy had a baseball. That being said, what the fuck, Brock Purdy? Sorry. (laughs) Which that quarterback story is a whole. That's a whole other Mr. Irrelevant. Wild. Kyle Shanahan. Um, Adam is out there. He's going to take his pants off if he hears Kyle Shanahan's name too many times. He and I have a. (laughs) He and I are. We have a thing. We love. We love Kyle. We we would. Everybody loves Kyle Shanahan. How could you not? No, but we love him more than you guys. But what I wanted to say, if that's your NFC Championship game and it's it's twenty twenty three, the Lions one thousand percent could have won that game. Take the take. Say everybody's healthy. Yes. Okay. But, like, look at who the Lions are going to be this year. They were playing with baby rookies. Babies. They were playing with Aiden Hutchinson, Jameson Williams, Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, all the Kirby Joseph. And I still feel like those guys could have won in last year, and they could have pulled it off. So I'm saying, like, I know I really appreciate the fact that you said, hey, Super Bowl or boss, like, like, or that you feel that they could actually win the whole damn thing. They have the talent. They're good enough. 100%. I think we need to fill the the interior defensive line just a little bit. Like if we had some blue chip player like a Chris Jones, that would be, it'd be lights out. But that's why you don't draft the running back at 12. We'll get there in a second. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, what a oh ridiculous. I don't want to boy. I mean, we're almost there. It took me. So oh, go ahead. Sorry, you can finish. No ceiling. Like, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because we could all just be sitting here pissed as hell. In November being like, what the hell? I know, but this is the get ahead of yourself topic. I'm making you get ahead of yourself. Sure. I'm okay. forcing you to talk about okay. it. Okay, I think, and that's the thing. That's what I want to tell you. Like, outside of the Chiefs, the, the league is parody. Anybody can win this thing. Maybe not the Texans. <laughs> yeah. And maybe not the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I, do not, I do not think any team can win. I think, like, 12 teams have, like, a, a shot that it but could But you directly. saw ESPN. I hope you did. ESPN came out with who was going to where teams were going to draft. This is so like off season BS. People are bored and sleeping Yeah, where teams are going to draft in 2024. I didn't see it. You we're, didn't. We're, they have us picking 32. They had us picking 26, I think. So what is that? That's like, so we want to play. Loss. No, we want a playoff game. Yeah. That could be a wild card win. And cause you're not in the final four. So hey, you're, you're losing the division round. That's better than not... uh, the Cardinals who are picking at one and two. But I just like, <laughs> I think is it, it better than missing the playoff? Like, yeah, it's something you haven't done. I just, 
I'm sorry. I want to hold myself to like a real standard, not this adjusted for the curve because that's the worst franchise in the history of sports. Like I want to, I want to succeed by any objective standard, not our pathetic adjusted, sure. terrible standard. Sure. And we're that's good fair. enough. Why not? Like why not? Demand? I'm with Mike Valeni on that. I, I disagree with him a lot lately. I think he nailed the line. Oh, like fuck it. Sore subject. For you. No, just to, in today's news. Oh, yeah. well, whatever. Don't get me started. I did like a two-hour spaces on that already. I bomb that show <laughs> twice a week. It's not like I'm in the tank for them, but come on, people. Get it together with that. It took, <laughs> it took me a long time in show prep, Natalie, to find somebody of some note and credibility that came out against the Lions and came sort of more in my camp with the I got to see it for skepticism. I'm just curious for your take on this. This is Florio, Mike Florio okay. and pro, from Pro Football Talk and Chris Sims. Quick hit. They're the only ones I could find that, that share my skepticism. Ben, can we run that? The problem is the Lions have done nothing to merit the hype that they're now receiving. It kind of reminds me last year when everyone had the Bills penciled in as Super Bowl champions. From the Bills perspective, it's like, what have we done to to justify these expectations. We haven't been to the Super Bowl in 30 years and you're expecting us to win it this year? Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991, longer than the last time the Bills have been to the Super Bowl. And we're expecting the Lions to make the playoffs and have some sort of a deep run. Okay, some skepticism there. You're, sure. I mean, is there some fairness there? Can we at least see them make the playoffs before I'm like, you know, restore the roar. Anybody that has any uh, second thoughts about this is an asshole. Like, there's some meat on that bone, right? We haven't seen them do anything. 100%. There's not a long track record. It, there's examples, so don't at me, as the kids say. But there's not a long track record of teams just falling uh, out of nowhere, you know, shooting up out of nowhere and winning the Super Bowl. There's just not. Like, typically, they've either made the playoffs the year before or they made it two of the three years prior. There's like some. Sure. Like something Cincinnati there. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. So and so we, we haven't seen that yet. We're not there yet. That's fair. And that's yeah. where if you want me to drop my ceiling and say, OK, we can go to the NFC title game. Like, yeah, that's fine. Fuck that. I want to win the whole thing. At least go. I mean, Jesus. But I, I like this team. I, I just it's the coach. I don't trust the coach. You are just so anti-DC. I love him as a person. I, like, I'd hang out with him. I think he's a good culture guy. I think he, he is, he's not a dunce. He's a dunce next no, to Andy Reid or across from Andy Reid. No, I think Valeni said no? this. No? I think Valeni said this. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he wants you to think he's stupid. <laughs> he's playing you and he's dummying you. That's is, what is he. Dumb as a fox or whatever. Is the stu- what's that old phrase my mom used to say? Don't yeah. I, I don't yeah, whatever. Know. We're we're I'm a little older than you, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um no, he's I don't think he's not dumb. He's not dumb. I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's at yeah, that you're level. You're just not you just are not on his train and I just don't get that. Not schematically, I'm not. He's going if he gets in the ring, the Well, meta, he's got Ben meta- Johnson running his offense, you know. Just kidding. Go this ahead. Is, this is, you're right, and that helps. But this is a head coach's game, and the, these changes are at the highest of levels. I mean, and look, this is a good problem to have. Oh my God, what if he makes the Super Bowl? Can he out coach Andy Reid? Like, please, can I have that problem? Like, <laughs> I would, I would give for that anxiety. Like, please bestow me with that anxiety. Like, I would love that. Don't get me wrong. And Andy Reid is the high end of the yeah. spectrum. He's arguably the best play schemer ever. And I don't so, think anyone's ever gonna. 
shit on Andy Reid, but go ahead. Sorry. No, but I'm just saying, I, but he's the extreme example. But even, I mean, the Rams stink, but like, what if the Rams are good in another year or two? And then, then it ends up, I, I think McVay would destroy him schematically. Belichick took McVay to school in that Super Bowl. McVay admitted that after the fact. I don't think he, he's up to snuff in that situation. I think he can win your division for you and get you your little banner. And then we're going to, you know, be in a situation where unless we're blowing a team out, it's going to come down to a decision he's making. And I don't trust him. So do you trust Dan Campbell to, to push the right button in a tight spot at the end of a close game on the road in the playoffs down four, fourth and six? Does he go? Does he not go? Whatever the situation you trust him. I don't. Is that fair? You trust him. I trust him more than you do. But we also haven't been in that situation yet where I'm like, oh, my God. We've been in game management situations. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't even know what his pattern is. Okay. What are this guy's tendencies? I mean, oh, he goes for it a lot. That's not, no. I mean, it's kind of a tendency. Okay, I'm going to give, okay, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in 2023. Okay, because here's why. If I may. Um, you may. There was major mismanagement in a couple of games last year with the clock. Okay. Yep. There's two games that stick out to me. If you could name them, I'd be like, hell yeah. Minnesota. Yep. And I'm not, I don't want to waste the audience's time. What's the second one? Buffalo. Um, oh yeah. They could have had that Buffalo. So game. here's, this is my whole thing. Um, week three, they're at Minnesota on the road and the lions were winning like the majority of that game. And we all thought like, Oh my God, we're going to, we're going to win this game. It comes down to the fourth quarter, like final drive. I think. It was over a field goal. I think something along the realm. If I'm wrong, you guys can correct me. But, um, and he blew it and they blew it. And I think that was just like, okay, this was, it's year two. It's the beginning of the season. He's trying to get his bearings still. He's trying to get his staff bearings under them, whatever. And then you fast forward two months and it's week 12 Thanksgiving against Buffalo. And that was totally one of those situations, you know, I mean, people were laughing that they were coming into town on Thanksgiving. We saw the spread. It was trash. And <laughs> Fair. I mean, it call spade a spade. Yep. And um, long story short, fourth quarter, the Lions come back or they, they stay in it the whole game. And we're like, holy crap, we're going to we're going to win this game. Like we, we have a real legitimate shot. Stuff happens. It comes down to that coulda, woulda, shoulda play. He blew it again. I think it was because of a missed, like, calling timeout or something like that. And I think by that time, he had faced so much scrutiny. I mean, Twitter was just trashing him. And, like, rightfully so. But my whole point here is, like, that all happened. And I think with anything we do in our life, as cliche, cliche as it is, like, the faster we skin our knees and the faster we make mistakes – the better and more efficiently we correct them. And and I think Dan Campbell doesn't need to be told, like, hey, you effed this up. Like, yeah, no, no shit. Like, he knows that. And I think with the new standards and the new expectations that him and Holmes, I mean, they come out every day and say, hey, this is, there's new expectations set. Like, he understands what he did. Because I think that most games from week 13 on, like, those are all pretty clean games that he called. Really clean games. Unless there's something glaring. <laughs> uh, well, I'm trying to think. I mean, I going back another year, he 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 was a disaster in okay. Foxborough last well, time they were there. He he blew the Ravens game in the first year. There's, a, I'm sorry, the guy has been responsible for them losing or dramatically 
decreasing their win probability by making objectively in real time idiotic decisions like seven times in two years. Sure, but it didn't happen. That's way too many times. 100%. Okay, so that's that's where I'm saying I'm not going to say I know you wanted me to crap on him. I know I don't want you to crap. Yes, he did. He wanted that. (laughs) No, no, no. I I, I don't trust him. I love him. I love the guy. I just okay. So here's my whole thing. I think that he is when it comes down to game time decisions and in game altering decisions like that with the clock. And this is now the difference between, oh, we're going to win 10 or we're going to win nine or we're going to win 11. Like, I don't think he's going to make that type of critical error again. I really don't going into 2023. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he burned himself so badly in 2022. I will tell you, however, though, with the expectations now of this team, all aboard the hype train, like it's not going to be tolerable, like within the within the fan base. Oh, you're not it's, a cute little pesky underdog anymore. You're the favorite now. No, it's and people, I just think, I mean, the fans have no pull. Like they don't give a shit what we say, but um, it's just not going to be tolerable. So I I hope they figure it out. I hope that I hope that he has a great season of <laughs> managing his clock. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I'm rooting for you. I please, Justin, be wrong. Like, go team Natalie. I just wish I had something better than, oh, he'll learn. He'll figure it out. Like, I mean, you're you're not in a vacuum. You're against 31 other coaches. They're all either better or I could say the same thing for them. They were bad like Tampa was. And, oh, but they'll learn. Sure. I don't want them to learn on the job. And I was going to say that, though. I think, obviously, I'm not making excuses. There's 32 people in the world that get to do this year over year, okay? A very special job to hold. I think with anything, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, a lot of that stuff is innate. Some of it, however, is practice. Dan yeah. Campbell was in year two of his head coaching re- regime last year. So again, that sounds like I'm making excuses for the guy, but hello. I mean, that's an experience at its finest. Like We're done with that. You agree that we're done with like the whole yes. we're not on the job. Like there's no excuse anymore. Yes. He's, and he if, fully and if, owns and his And that's the thing. Stuff. Like, own the mistake, which I, I think he does. But like if if you're still not getting it, then we're gonna need to we're gonna need to bring in whoever we need to bring in to be able to help manage a clock. I don't know if it's a coordinator or who yeah. it is, but I just I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. And if we're in week four, five, six, whatever, and there's clock mistakes, oh well, Godspeed. Oh, if we locate one of these experts, these wunderkings in this department, <laughs> please send them to East Lansing first. Detroit gets second pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to rehash the Wisconsin game and the Indiana game, et cetera. I don't want to talk about that or Rutgers the year prior, which ended up in a win, but whatever. So let's transition to this. We, we agreed on 92.3% of that first topic. We're not going to be able to disagree possibly more here. I'm passionately against your position. Not you. I love you, but your position I think is wrong and you're in the majority. I'm the asshole, right? Go for I'm it. used to that. It's not on purpose. I just tend to be in the, contrarian camp for some reason particularly with this franchise you always are i typically am and for the most part i've been right i'm sorry but it's a fact jameer gibbs at 12 okay i like the player i think it's absurd in this context in this league and in this era and there's there's you're already saying it it, there's there's so many data points, and I think most people that watch this show have heard me cite them, have heard other people cite them. So I'll just I'm not gonna like put them up on the board because we've done that, but sure hitting the like playing the hits. 
They almost never get a second contract, right? Very rarely. Yeah, they're not getting paid anymore, so who cares? Draft high early on. Draft, but, bl- draft the blue chip. But ask yourself, why go- are they not getting paid? They're because average- they get injured. But well, go ahead, the, go ahead. Well, I want you to ask your well, question. But I'm that not in the positions, well, you're right. That's you're you're at your nothing you said was wrong. That's true. But it's also just from an objective league average salary standpoint. I think it's the second, it's out of the other than specialists, obviously. It's out of the second lowest paid position or the lowest. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets I think I think you're inside saying like behind a long snapper. I think well, those are specialists. <laughs> but I think inside linebackers are paid less, but it's like they're the bottom two interchangeable everybody makes more than the running backs it's it's i mean again other than, other than the punter so it's like the league is telling you what the value of that position is the market is telling you this is either the least valuable true position non-specialist or very close maybe the second to the least important that's just what the market bears out the market doesn't care what you or i think it's just that's the average of 32 teams and how these things have been valued we're zigging when everyone else is zagging. The Lions are not a, a team an or organization that should ever feel like they're smarter than anybody else. I don't think they, they've they earned the, you know, Bob Quinn used to do that all the time. Oh, Johnny Tavai, these people don't know what they're talking about. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, oh, tease, tease Tabor, I'm not worried about his 40 time. The guy was running in cement. Okay, but tease, or, uh, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, God, I hate saying their names. They're not here anymore. <laughs> I Well, I know, but... And I'm not getting it. You can you can do that all day though. Oh, it's it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And here I am. I'm 35 years later. I'm like I've been saying it's not their fault for 35 years. At some point, I'm going to blame just whether it's the building or the family or the logo <laughs> or Bobby Lane. I don't even care what it is. I don't even care. But it is. I don't care what it is. It is. They have not proven that they are a smart organization historically. There's myriad evidence to say that they are, if not the worst, maybe the second or third worst organization across all professional sports since 1960. So I'm not going to say, okay, the Lions are doing something that nobody else is doing, or I guess, you know, Bijan, obviously, but almost nobody else is doing, and they got it right. Everyone else is wrong. No, no, kind of Sanders, you're wrong. Mama's right. I don't trust it. And why would I? And even if I wanted to give them the leap of faith, I just think they're wrong. Why am I crazy? Why is Jameer Gibbs a great pick at 12? So you just literally, you, you, you're contradicting. It was, you set that up perfectly for me. Good. Camera me. You're, you, you, I, <laughs> you're better with the lion stuff than I am. So this, you're already you at an advantage. You set that up perfectly for me. So hit me hard. I'm ready for it. So Jameer Gibbs, I mean, we always talk about Jamison being polarizing. This pick of Jameer Gibbs is polarizing. I mean, you and I were both at Ford Field that yes. night. When, when all this went down. People were pissed. And people were pissed. And Brad trades back, and everyone's like, what is going on? Like, are we taking a corner? Are we taking a wide out? Like, what are we doing? And I think the running back was the last thing on anybody's mind. Yes. And then it happened. And we, we heard his name. And, I mean, Ford Field was chaos. I mean, people, Twitter went absolutely apeshit. It was wild. And no one knew what was going on. And then three hours go by and you hear Holmes get behind the podium and he explains himself. And I think that Brad Holmes has exemplified that kind of throughout his tenure as a GM. He is going against the grain and he doesn't really care. He's progressive and he doesn't care what people think. And he doesn't care about like standard football, what you do in this situation 
And I think Jameer Gibbs was a perfect example of that. And I think we're going to see that with Bijan too. I think Brad Holmes is ahead of the curve here. He understands this position is changing as we know it. I will never say smartest man in the room. But you're buying the slot thing. Is that where you're going with this? 1,000% I am. This position is changing as we know it. What you just mentioned. I mean, it is running back position right now in this league is completely burning platform. These players are not getting paid the way they want. It's being devalued. No one's getting their second contracts. The guys are pissed. And I think that there's a reason for that because the position is changing and it is turning. And you hear Holmes say it all the time, especially about a Gibbs. Positionless, weapon, multi-dimensional. And that is because they're putting them into this scheme to be not what you think it is. Like, he is not your run up the middle, get bodied type of guy. Like, that's going to be more David Montgomery. But like, and even like Robinson, I think, is going to be way more of that than Jameer is. Like, Jameer is going to come into the, I think he's going to get a crazy workload. More workload than anybody really thinks. And he is going to be like your slot because Jameson's out for six games, okay? So who who's going to do all that like deep separation stuff? They don't, they don't have that. They had a top but five offense they, last year and Jameson didn't do anything. 100%. But like Jameer Gibbs is going to be a slot guy. It'll, he's going to get a lot of carries. And I think he also was drafted again. We go back to what does Jared Goff need to win? He, oh, needs, he needs an offensive line. Okay, well, he has that. Yeah. So then you you plug in a piece that's like perfect for like the play action. And Ben Johnson's going to make him a monster. And again, we can go back and laugh at this in like a year. And you can be like, you dumb bee. But like, <laughs> I would never. I, Jameer Gibbs is like, I never, like, you know, when, when this first happened, I was like kind of pissed. I was like, what are they doing? I saw like, your reaction. I, I was like, this is wild. Ford Field, did you remember, you remember the cheerleaders that came out for the six <laughs> overall pick and they were like, here we go. They got the drum line. And then it was like, the Lions have traded the pick and they kind of like scatter off. <laughs> and it's like, all right, 12. So it's like 48 minutes later, they come back out. They're banging the drums and the cheerleaders <laughs> are waving the pom poms. And they announced Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Not even the drum line pretended to be amused. Like they were, even the drum line was like, fuck that. <laughs> just, a running back. I'm like, not making that up. Like there's got to be footage so, somewhere. Even the cheerleaders were like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Holmes is either going to look like a genius or he's going to look like a dumbass. But I mean, that's the thing like but that's the nfl draft it's a gamble right like I yeah get but it. it's, I it's get a it. bad gamble they made 100 bad... what, what did they have they had the sixth pick yes. and, and they gave that up which who went six overall well they they could have had Bijan. Uh, did oh, Bijan? did Bijan go six or did no, he go he seven went eight. He, he went, went eight? eight i thought he, he went, went like seventh or something i think i'm like 99 you, you're probably right i know we could have had him i know he was sitting there um do you, were you and that brings me to my next question were you no. on the like just take Bijan said no no, I'm I'm so happy and content with Gibbs. And I also think this is another reason why they took him. Campbell and Holmes, they want football players. They want heads down, shut up. Like Jack Campbell, Aiden Hutchinson, like Jameer Gibbs, like those guys are just, they are football players. Like go in, you work, you do a job. And what we've seen from the press so far in media, Jameer Gibbs is a guy of few words. Like he, you can just tell he is not like, oh yeah, he's Mr. Bama superstar, but, um, he, he, he's not there to be all like, 
Mr. Flash and this and that. Like, I think that kid just wants to go and like hit people and win. I, th- I think he's a hell of a player. My opinion yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with Jameer Gibbs. It's the nature of the position in this. So market. again, I think that's where people archaically are going to have to get past that. I think it's changing this again. It goes back to. They don't want to pay him. The position is changing. It's turning into more of a receiver and, and it's it's a passing league. So they have to figure out, OK, how can we adjust to this? That's the argument in favor of it. And I've always said that with the the pass catching angle, if I'm making the, oh, the Jameer Gibbs pick was great argument, that's my best piece. And that's a legitimate argument. And I will still stand by this. After we see all these people that are pissed about the fran- their franchise tags and they can't get signed, the Tony Pollards and the Josh Jacobs and and what's going on. So, okay, we, got a, we have four years of Jameer Gibbs. The Lions are ready to, to compete and contend. I would say that if not this year, the next year. So... Who cares what he's doing in four years? Then you draft your 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 next Jameer Gibbs. Like, but I, here's the argument. I think it's just like people are so wrapped up in the second contract. <laughs> it's like, well, well, that's I think it's kind of on its way out with that position. I'm not worried about the second contract in terms of oh my god, we're not going to sign him in five years. I don't care about five years from now. Like baseball, I actually kind of do. Football, it's so like that's that's like a hundred years in baseball, but. I, I, it's about what does that lack of a second contract say about the value of the position? It's not that I'm worried he won't be here. It's what is what does it tell us that the league does not pay that position? It tells us, I think, by default, that it's one of the arguably the least important position. Did this offense not finish by any metric in the top five last year? Top four in some? Is yeah, that they, that's an objective fact, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, right. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Without Jameer Gibbs, with Jameson Williams catching one pass. <laughs> Why are you, and you had a defense that was full of holes. You've acknowledged that there's some weaknesses there. Yep. There was not an ideal, I mean, you know, I, I liked the the baby Aaron Donald, but, you know, that's a, he was polarizing in his own right. I liked him. I, you know, it's my boy. But, you know, you could have gone corner there. There was a pretty damn good corner available. Yeah, and he didn't sign his contract yet. Well, yeah, but he, if he were I'm here, he would see Dan yeah. Campbell's, you know, pearly eyes and he'd say he'd be on the dotted line. But if I already have a top five offense with Jamison a total write-off last year, and I would argue they've already upgraded that running back with Montgomery, in my opinion, people can disagree. I mean, I know the touchdowns were fun. He was plunging in from the one a lot. I, you, why, why use that? That is a, I mean, really, they used the sixth pick, you know, asset, but I know they got other stuff. But keep it at 12. Why use that critical asset when I'm already so good there? I've already improved at that exact position. I've improved, I would argue, with my pass catchers just by having Jamison, even a suspended Jamison, will probably have more than one catch this year. I mean, I hope. I Was it not the definition of a luxury pick, even if you like the player? Is that fair? You can say it's a luxury pick. That's fine. But I think it's... You, you think it's worth passing up an upgrade defensively? I didn't want a quarter at six. Yeah. I didn't. Well, I mean, I'm, I neither did I. I mean, Especially at, at that 12th pick is what I'm talking If they had not gone out in free agency and yeah. did what they did, I'd be like, okay, hello. Like, hello. Yeah. Secondary needs help now. Like. Yeah. But they they kind of, they use their chips on the secondary and free agency. And then it was like, okay, let's just go all get like this freak of a kid who I think is Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is going to be so awesome. And this whole segment is going to make me look so bad. So for the for, for the fifth time, I like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's a hell of a player. And, and, did I already say that about fantasy leagues? Did I already say that? About what component? I don't think so. Like if, that this is going to love him? 
barring this kid can stay healthy. PPR especially. He's going to go one through five, I think, in like for years to come in people's fantasy leagues. A little bit of the Marshall Falk thing, like can catch. He's, you know, he's he's just yeah. a really dynamic. And I'm not like, saying he's that level. That's a I high think range, he's but. even like more dynamic than like, dare I say, like a Camara. But well, that's the comp. But that's yeah. like the best kind of version of that. I mean, it doesn't mean he can't be, but that's pretty high praise. But I but. think it's like a perfect offense for him, and that's why I also think they did it. He has to be an. I mean, he has he has to be that for it to be worth it. But here's here's the picture I want to paint, and this was my tweet, and here's me being an asshole. Ben, can you throw up my tweet where I'm you know being my usual bundle of joy, <laughs> super? And by the way, Mike Filani like stole this exact tweet verbatim like last week. I think it was. I, I was just rolling my eyes. Very typical. But this is the Super Bowl rundown, winning running backs, RB1s the last nine years. Oh, and yeah. They talked about this on the ticket. Everyone, yeah. And this is and mine was from April for the record. But everyone dunked on me because I cut it off at Marshawn Lynch. I actually cut it off with the Twitter characters. Like I actually had I had it, I had it to 13, 2013 originally, and I had to delete the top two lines. So it was I did not like strategically cut off Marshawn Lynch. But I'm sorry. The last nine years is not like a tiny, you know cherry pick sample size Garrett blunt cj anderson blunt blunt sony michelle damien williams fournette who was not the you know top five superstar pick he was signed for one year two million off the scrap heap for tampa bay cam Akers, and last year pacheco who you know had a nice game against michigan maybe but he was a seventh round pick there's no <laughs> money there's no money invested in any of those nine guys so if i my goal is to win the super bowl I'm not saying that's the only data point. The average salary is a data point. There's a million reasons why. But is that not a compelling argument for how important is a running back if I can have nine guys for like five million or less off the scrap heap or seventh round? Yes. Yeah, so pay the guys that you can play in that you can pay in dirt. That's why. I mean, Jamal Williams didn't get his contract and yeah. Swift got traded away. But the position's not that important. I can I can get a seventh rounder and win the Super Bowl with him. Well, I think that has to do with who your quarterback is and what your scheme is. And stuff not like all of them. Not all of them. I mean, Nick Foles is on that list. I mean, you know, or, or his running back was. <laughs> I mean, you know, who did Eli Manning win with? Like Ahmad Bradshaw? I mean, he was fine, but he wasn't a top 10 back at any point, I don't think, in his career. So, I mean, it's just not that important of a position. They're fun, but. Right, but that's why the position's changing. It's not so important. Let's get a little slot. So guy you're, out you're, there. you're baking on being ahead of the curve. That's, I mean, it might I be really Tyree Kill. No one saw that and coming. And that's totally a Holmes thing. Like, yeah. I think. I'm he, a big Holmes guy. I've always been a big Holmes guy, though. Well, you know, Justin, you don't always sound like it. So, no, I'm Holmes? <laughs> I, I, this decision I don't like. I have been the biggest Holmes honk like, since the second he got here. Campbell, love him. Not so much on the strategy stuff. So let's see where, where are we at, Ben? So we're we're still doing actually pretty good here. So this is throw up the Natalie tweet. This is just you mocking people like me. Oh, I, I took this very personally. This, this is you doing the ransom lettering, <laughs> but you don't draft the running back at 12th overall. And this was a video clip of I think it was Gibbs like kind of flying out of the backfield and catching a No, that was a different one. Was that a different this, one? This is this is just JG uh this but this is Gibbs throwing it to to um, yeah, golf, golf throwing it to yeah, Gibson. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. a different one than we than I posted. You shit on me so often it, through passive aggressive means. I, I they all start to blend together. But so you you're really kind of leaning into this, like you're you're all in. You not only are you okay with the decision, you you love the decision, right? I just want to clarify, not that you can get past your original reticence. You think it was a great move. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I think it's a great move because dare I say the only other player, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but dare I say the only other person that I really would have wanted them to take at six would be, can you guess it, Jalen Carter? No, terrible. Okay, fine. Yeah. You see that he's standing out in camps for uh Oh, he's an absolute freak of nature. And, I, and he landed and I, in the best I spot also, for him. I mean, you can go through my Twitter. I also said from, you know, two weeks before the draft, I said they are not taking this kid. They had no, no interest in him. Um, but yeah, like unless you were gonna take your your D tackle, like generational guy, like then I didn't really care. I was Jalen Carter landed in maybe the one place where I'd be like, okay, that might work. Anywhere else, like if he went to Houston or here, even with the Dan Campbell players coach thing, he needs that like five good guys around him. He he needs basically absolutely no sliver of reason to fail because he will take it. But the talent is just unbelievable. I would have been yeah furious if yeah. they took him. Furious. I I'm I'm ha- I'm happier with Gibbs. I, I don't know. I like Gibbs just for the record. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like yeah. I, I hope the kid is a standout. I hope that it's like, whoa, Detroit got a friggin' stud. And that's a position but, they can be good, like, year one, week one. Well, that's a thing. Holmes is so, like, this guy's plug and play. Like, this yeah. guy's ready to go. And I, I knew, I also put that tweet out, like, on draft eve, and I just said, I, DeAndre Swift is not going to be a lion in, in three days. And I called my shot on that, and I was right. They, they had had enough. They were done. You guys heard every five seconds. I liked him when they drafted him. It's yeah. just a bummer. I, I still like him. I think he could salvage his career. This is I'm going in descending order of my uh, pessimism here. This is where it gets kind of dark. You go for so, it. So like you get get it. your smile and your cheer and your chipperness ready to go because I need it to offset. I mean, my... you have been overly positive for you with the Lions, right? By now. my standard, yes. Very positive. But I, it's because you're Ray of Sunshine. That's is, why you're bringing right me up. Here. But now it's time. For me to hit you back and bring you down. Okay. And it's, this is, I'm not trying to get here, but I have to be honest. I always tell my audience, I will always tell you what I think. I will be wrong plenty of times. Sure. My Twitter name is a self-imposed scarlet letter because I thought Darko was going to be great. And I mocked anybody that liked Bosch, Dwayne Wade, or Carmelo Moore. I'm going to get stuff wrong. I will never get stuff dishonest. I will be honest. I have to be honest with you and everyone out there. Sure. I'm terrified of the Jameson Williams thing. I think he's a bust, and I'm this Whoa, close. Oh, we're using the V word. I'm this close to a complete write-off. I'm not there, but I, I am this close. I am, like, on the, the welcome mat. I am pretty much done, and I consider him a write-off. It, it is a write-off they can endure. They have plenty of reasons to think the guy could, God forbid, fall off the face of the earth tomorrow, and they could still be a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I think they have enough. It would hurt. So I don't think it's a devastating blow, but he's getting there for me. I, I have no faith in this guy. So okay. I, I pulled some really depressing stuff, okay? And Ben put together these glorious graphics for us. So let's start here. The best ability availability, right? To use the cliche. <laughs> Here's the picture. <laughs> So this is going back into college. This is the entirety of his college career and the entirety, to whatever extent it's entire, his NFL career. We're looking at 2019 Ohio State, four games played, six catches. He basically didn't play. 2020, the games played aren't the problem. It was COVID. Six games played, but nine receptions. He was the, I think, sixth or seventh leading receiver on Ohio State. He was a, a fringe guy that barely played. 2021, 
the money year, awesome year with Bama, goes to the college football playoff uh, championship game, gets hurt famously. Obviously, 15 games played, 79 catches, incredible. 2022, last year, six games played, the one reception. It was a pretty touchdown where he was wide open, but whatever. And then this year, he's missing the first six games. So this is the guy's entire five-year career post-high school, post him attending the prom. And I've got one year, one full football year. I don't care if this year goes well. He will not have anything close to a full football year, even if he doesn't get the most minor of injuries because he's missing six games. He's not appealing it. We know that. So for the first five years, this guy has missed close to half or more of the seasons, uh, of the games, I mean, in that season. So in five years, the guy's played football on a full-time basis once? I mean, that's, that's not great. And here's the second point. Ben, let's roll to the next one. I spent an appalling amount of time because I could not find the inputs on pro football reference to make this easier. So I did it manually. We are in this rare territory. Jamison Williams has 95 career receptions between college and the NFL, almost all of which came in that aforementioned one season where he had 79. 95 career catches since he left high school. That is the second lowest total among second-year receivers taken in the first round since 1985. The only one worse is a guy named Yatil Green, who I've never even heard of, 15th overall pick in 1997. And the only reason that happened is because he had like four ACL surgeries. The poor guy was just cursed. It wasn't because he was a flame out or something. He just had bad injury luck. You're talking about an almost 40-year sample size. Of all those first-round receivers, nobody has been this unproductive slash unavailable ever in that time frame, except this one guy whose knee kept shredding on him. I don't like these guys that don't play football. He just doesn't play football. Deshaun Watson looked horrible last year. He didn't play football for a year. Maurice Claret was a stud. He challenged the NCAA along with his boy, Mike Williams. They both had to sit out for a year. They, they were never the same. I don't like guys that don't play. This guy has not played for the last five years. We're in uncharted territory effectively with guys taken in the first round that were this. I mean, it's not that he was unproductive because he sucked, but didn't play. He was either hurt, suspended, or not good enough to make the depth chart. Am I crazy to look at that and say, holy shit, I'm kind of nervous about that? Am I, am I just a cynical jerk? Is there some meat on the bone there? Yes, there's meat on the bone. Yes, you admit it. We are in uncharted territory. Nobody has been this unavailable. At what point am I worried that you're Mike Williams, Maurice Corrette? I mean, the maturity thing is a separate issue. We can get to that. He just ain't out there. I don't care what reason. I need you, I need you to play. Okay. Right? So then go back to the draft. So I'm not bailing on him. And I, it sounds like you already kind of waved the white flag. I'm very close. And that's fine. Um, and I think that there's people that feel like you and there's people that feel like me. Those, I will tell you that those stats are, those are, those are some, that's meat on the bone there. They're, they're, they're terrifying. <laughs> um, I'm not feeling on him. So if you, if you go back to when he got taken, um, you know, Brad traded to go get him. Now, I don't know if, you know, did he really want a lave at 11 and the Saints took him and kind of threw off what they were trying to do? I, I don't know. Um, or did was Jamo really his guy at twelve? Um, but I think it just was. N there was no expectation when he got drafted, 
And then it was like, okay, red shirt, pup, whatever. We know he's rehabbing. Like, we're really not going to see much of Jamison this year. And then it was like week seven in the media is just like, um, is Jamison there? Like, is he playing? Like, are we, is he practicing? What's he doing? What's he doing? And like, you hear Dan all the time, like, especially with his young guys, he is so very much like, you know, we just got to get his legs out from under him. You know, these guys just got to get their legs going. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like it, he's very like a process guy. And then, you know, making sure they're okay. Can we, can we get, get his pads on? And like, I think that everybody kind of jumped the gun with JMO last year. It just was like, okay, week nine, he's in week 10. Let's go. Come on. Cause we saw him running routes in practice and we saw him, um, you know, kind of, he was present and it just, the, the JMO train just took off myself included. And it was just like, why isn't he out there? Well, why isn't he out there? And then they put him out there and he didn't get his reps and he didn't get his targets. And when he did get targets, I mean, there was just no chemistry between him and Goff, which that's, we knew that that was, that was going to happen. Right. So half the stuff was underthrown. Like I'm not blaming Goff for that. I just think that they, they didn't have the time. They didn't have the practice and he, and it just, everybody jumped the gun. And so then it was like, okay, so even in green Bay, then like I was at that game, I was at, I was at Lambeau. Goff. I didn't know that you were at the last game of the year. Yeah, you knew that. Did I? I forgot then. You for knew you. that. I must yeah. have forgot. That was so awesome. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No. You. So then it's like, okay, the last game of the year, it's like, okay, JMO's. And every game that was the thing, the fan base just rooted so hard. And it was, I feel like the kid was expected to just, just go out and and run for these for all this yardage and and get all these receptions. And it kind of was what it was. It was just so presumptuous. Now looking back on it. But Green Bay happens. He gets that bullet of a pass from Goff. He runs. I mean, did you see the Madden, the Madden scores for speed? Like, I yeah. think he's like second behind the cheetah. And um, long story short, he 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 uh, he gets that reception, runs it in for a touchdown, gets called back. I think it was like a holding call. We kind of chalk it up. It's like, okay, that's that season. Now it's like, okay, year two, like Jamo or Boston. Like even national media had like put kind of heat on Jameson and it was like, what is this kid about? Like what's going on? And then the off season rolls through and then the unexpected happens and he gets nipped for uh, gambling. And I, again, the gambling thing to me is kind of, it's crazy. Like I understand that there's rules, there's regulations that they need to comply to. Like that's the NFL but I do think that it was almost like the league making an example of the Lions again in any capacity that they can. But so that being said, like I'm not bailing because, again, there hasn't been availability, which I, it's not really good in this league. Right. But give him his six games. But like week seven, eight, nine, ten, like we got to go. We got to go. And and I pray to God that he gets put into that scheme and I pray to God that he gets his reps and I pray to God that he's healthy and that and that, you know, Johnson works him in the way that he needs to and that he understands his playbook. Like it's kind of to the point now where it's like, OK, like I'm still like pro JMO. Let's go. But like we got to go now. He's hurt already, though. It's a minor leg injury, but it just <laughs> at what point like, OK, He's not available for this reason, but okay, here's this great reason why. And then he's not available for this reason, but oh, don't worry. There's an explanation. And like, at some point I'm sitting here with seven explanations and no games played. Like, I don't care. You can do that all day. 
Amon Ross St. Brown had more catches last year than Jameson Williams had in the last five years. Well, of playing he was football. only targeted nine times. I, I, whatever, whatever mitigating factor is, he's not catch, he doesn't catch passes. He didn't catch. I mean, the Ohio, there's there's mitigating circumstances. Ohio State had arguably the best wide receiver room like ever, and yes. he was. So I'm not saying there's no reason. Like I could easily make the counter argument. I'm not saying anybody that disagrees with me is absurd or they're crazy. There's times that I think that. Not now. I see the counter argument. I just I couldn't find an example. Not saying it's not out there. I tried. I really tried. I cannot find an example of somebody that just didn't play for four out of five years and then like went on to some great career. I couldn't find one at any position, at any position, (laughs) not just receiver. I couldn't find one. I'm like, what has there been a quarterback that didn't play much? Like that played one year in college, sat around there. I'm sure there's like seven examples across the league. This is rare for a guy to just not play basically for five years, 95 catches in the last five years. That's, that's nothing. So are you kind of like saying, okay, then I don't trust Holmes because I think that's kind of, that was a Holmes thing. And I, I think it was a mistake and I think good GMs make mistakes too. I, I, sure. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That, that pick to me was more defensible. I thought he was the best receiver in the draft and he was what the third or fourth taken because of the injury. Yes. He would have gone higher. He was behind Olave and behind Wills. I mean, Wilson, Wilson won rookie of the year. Wilson's awesome. But at the time, I thought Jamison Williams was the best receiver in the draft. So, you know, but had the injury, obviously. I liked Jamison Williams. He was awesome at Bama. But he ain't out there. He doesn't play. We well, are that's one... why... Oh, so, sorry, no, so that's why I, I hear you on this. And, and that's it. Jamison Williams. I think he's the most polarizing player in Detroit sports right now. Out of all four franchises, right? Yep. Um, last year chalk that up to we knew what last year was going to be and then like i said improper expectations were set by the fan base now this year sucks i mean this couldn't have been worse for for this to happen to this kid and for this franchise um but like i said (laughs) i'm looking you in the face right now let's give it till december you you kind of made the point earlier with the injury come back now this isn't an injury this is a suspension but okay week seven he's back or the seventh game he's back that doesn't mean he's going to be ready to roll. I mean, you you talked about it with the previous year. Like, there's timing, and I know he can practice, but it's not the same as a game. And that you're you're not just losing him for the six games. I think there's going to be some residual to whatever extent it can be quantified and qualified. Some residual negative effect too. It's just a bummer. Counterpoint: If he is as good as we all thought he could be, how terrifying is this offense? If I'm going to put the other hat on. Like it's, I think it, they can be awesome without him. We've already seen that. Yeah. If he's out there and good, maybe not week seven, by week 10, and they're just, you know, they're, I don't know what the bye week falls on, but let's say they're six and four or whatever. I think you know, it's a nine week this 11. year. I okay. think it's nine. I like that. Eight, I like nine. that kind of like midway point. I hate that like week four bye yeah, week. Yeah, we had week five last year. It's I'm so like, what the hell bad. is this? Yeah. I'm <laughs> not even tired yet. Fuck that. And yeah, the stretch is just longer. The, like the eight to 10 range is perfect. Anyway. If he's actually good, like the last seven, eight games of the year, six, seven, eight games of the year, I mean, second best offense in the league behind the Chiefs, right? Like, I don't love the Chiefs offense at all. They have Mahomes and they have Andy Reid. No, I get that. I don't like them either, but Kelsey, I, Mahomes, and, and Reid, that's all I need. I, I would, I mean, they were t- they were the top. I mean, I don't know if you look at any of Warren Sharp stuff, like with his analytics and stuff, but 
Smart I mean, guy. Great mustache. The Lions last year were the top in a lot where it's almost like it's almost like wild that they missed the playoffs. Like if you look at everybody, like the percentages, the Lions were up there with everybody. It was always Philly, Casey, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Lions. So like you're thinking best offense in the league. If he, not if he's functional. I mean, if he's great. We're talking what we thought. I don't Jameson know if I'd put be. them up at, I mean, golf has to be healthy. Let's say golf stays healthy. Yeah, and yeah that's a given. Yeah. But yeah. I would put them in the top five. Yes, absolutely. They, they were top five last year without them. I, 100%. I mean, it's like, that's where I get. And I think even if he never comes back, which he's going to, but let's say he, he, you know, he takes up golf or something. He finds a passion for cricket. I don't know. We're already better because you have Gibbs and Montgomery on this no, team. No, but you hate Jameer Gibbs. Pick. I do not hate Jameer Gibbs. I hate the pick of a running back at 12. But I think Montgomery's better than um, Charles. So it's like it, I just, the whole thing is is uh, a clear-cut um, – Charles, I'm an idiot. I'm thinking that the, I had the cheese on my mind. Anyway, I digress. The offense, even without Jameson, mm-hmm. is to me clearly better. Mm-hmm. If he's like what we thought he could be or even 80% of that – I mean, and that's what the Lions need so badly is that separator, your speed guy, like, and he can be the one of the best. I think it's just again, I I do agree with your point of like availability and is you know he was supposed to be a better Deshaun Jackson, and a better than peak Deshaun Jackson is a hell of a player. That's a hell of a projection. Now, you know, the golf hitting him deep thing, I will not go there. I love golf. There will be no negative golf conversations here, but <laughs> and no, there's better deep ball quarterbacks. We understand that. Yes, but I just. But I also don't like when people say he can't throw the deep ball. Okay, that's well, actually been kind of debunked, though. Like that's that. And go we, look at that Khalif Raymond play in uh, Lambo. Yes, I know exactly the play you're talking about. Yep. Wade Fink, if he hears this, which he will, he's definitely listening. If not live, he'll catch it after. Anybody that brings up the golf deep ball shit, he's got like a binder full of stats. He's like, actually, that hasn't been the case in three years. Like he, he gets all pissed off. But the, the now, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen. He's a write off to me. I'm, I'm just done with him. I like not not to where like fuck him, but I'm completely counting him out. And I'll be pleasantly surprised if he's like even a solid second receiver. I think he's an immature kid. I don't think he's ever going to figure it out. And we are one ankle roll away. From this being a total tomfoolery. Uh, I don't know. I agree with you. And I don't know. Like, I think that's why when I say he's polarizing, because so many people have different leashes for him and like what's left in the tank. It is exhausting. I just need you to play. And we can keep making the excuses. I need you out there, man. And again, you're missing a third of the year, more than a third of the year. I just want him to play. But so I, I like the ceiling of the offense if he's out there. So. Put a button on it. What's the like? What's the? I'm gonna go cliche on you to, to finish the Lions. What's okay. the? What, what's the? What's the outcome this year? Give me a record. Do they win the division? Do they not? And where do they land? Not their ceiling. Like, what's the Natalie Sparbeck prediction? Oh God! You got your Tigers thing on, so you, or your Lions thing on. You you can be like on the uh, optimistic side of the the response here. Um. I don't want to go all Campbell and get in wait five minutes to give you an answer about the Lions that can and will, but um, you can change your opinion when you know Jameson Williams announces he's taking up cricket or his, his toenail <laughs> hurts or whatever. No, that kid loves football too much. Jameson, 
Got a weird way of showing it. Okay. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. One of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. And that's the wonderful thing about this. And we're going to roll tape in about two years. So. Well, you're, you're smarter than me, but I'm going to pick you off on a couple of these. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've diverted on nine. I'm going to win a couple. I mean, I, I just I don't trust him. He's not out there. That's fine. Okay. So my prediction, geez, I don't even know. Um, 11 wins? I, I, I want to say 11, but I, I know I maybe should say 10. I'm going to stick with 11 wins. And I think they're going to just maybe miss the NFC championship. Okay. Hosting a playoff game? Yes. It will be a zoo down there. I know. For a Lions home So I feel game. bad for everybody that doesn't have season tickets because, holy crap, it's hard to get down there right now. Andy I mean, Isaac, tar- I'm going to find that man and tailgate with that gentleman. Oh, we're going to have a yeah. blast. I hope Isaac is watching, by the way. Andy, I'm finding you, and I am inviting myself to whatever tailgate. I don't care if you're hanging out in a porta potty. He's gonna- scoot over because we're hanging out <laughs> for the the home Lions playoff game. I am finding that gentleman. Yeah, I will. I will buy the the sausages for him. I I have to be near that guy. I just want to be in his sort of. Oh, uh, he's prism. gonna he's gonna be eating his wings and his sausage and his pizza, and he's gonna be so happy. Find the happier person. Well, you might actually compete. Uh, you might be like kind of one A and one B. You'd be the two happiest people. I I'd be somewhere on the list. I'd be beneath you guys. I want that shit for myself, of course, but for Andy Isaac and like my dad and like you know. Actually, I lied. I'll finish here. Okay. With the Lions. Okay. What point does Jeff Sparbeck turn into the? Oh right, I'm on board. Or is he going to be to the bitter end? They are in. They are in the fourth quarter, tied with the ball in the NFC Championship game. Is he still going to be like they'll blow it? Here it comes. Like at what point? <laughs> at what point is he like? Oh shit, this is going to go down now. What point does he get there? And you can use him as the sit-in for the sort of general curmudgeon out there. You I know. Describe that one the guy that's been watching the Lions for six. What does years. that guy need? And we'll use your dad as the example. Um, I would say an NFC championship, but not even that. like I think my dad is so closet obsessed with this team, but just never. He's got too much pride to. You think that's what it is? Oh yeah, I blame he him. He just for the loves to be situation. right, and he loves to tell everybody that it's the Lions. He put that Pistons fifth pick shit into the ether. Now that might oh, actually age mad. fine because he was that, mad. that kid looks like he can ball a Sar Thompson. But oh, we're we're gonna ball with a Sar. But your your dad <laughs> was going up to people on the street like, "Hey man, Pistons are gonna get fucked on that lottery. They're they're picking fifth. I guarantee you, bro." Like he was telling he anyone knew he it. Could find. <laughs> and then it happens, and he's just like, "I want to like shoot myself in the face." And he's like, "Told you, man. I told you." I'm like, "Not now. I need seven <laughs> minutes to be." Like just petrified yeah. at my future as a business fan. Your dad's awesome though. He's my cigar buddy the other day. I, he's I a, love that he's guy. He's a he's a good guy, man. So he's a good guy. We'll we'll bury the Lions topic, not the team. Although I have Barry Jamison Williams, I don't think I mean he he might catch on somewhere else, or he might never be seen again. He's a weird eccentric guy. I, I'm out on him. This stuff going on very briefly on our way out the door here with the Go Blue Lexi stuff. I know you're from our conversation. You were either there for all or most of the spaces, third Twitter spaces covering this topic today in various forms, her first and only that I'm aware of. She said something and it's a paraphrase, but she said something where, you know, I realized the importance of uh, being a woman in media and, you know, how I've compromised this. And it's it's so much, you know, harder for us. And uh, that was something that was weighing on her with this whole, you know, Twitter hoax stuff. First of all, I agree. The women in media stuff, like sports media in particular, 
you're at a disadvantage. Like people are rolling their eyes at you for no reason. Like yeah. it's, I, I think, is that fair as a starting point? Like you're at a disadvantage inherently, right? You feel that way? Sure. But not if you have good takes. I mean, well, no, you can overcome that. And that's, but, and you have, I, I think you're, you know, way more than I do about this shit. So it's like, but I'm saying the perception is like, oh, like woman talking sports thing. It is a disadvantage as stupid as it is. Sure. Did you take what she did? Cause her, her takeaway, her own self-assessment today, if you heard, and I think it's a fair paraphrase was she feels she uh, was a, a bad example or she feels she betrayed you know, for lack of a better term, the movement for women in sports media, maybe a little melodramatic, but like, did you look at that whole thing from that angle at all? Did you, I mean, I'm not even saying I agree. That was her take. What's your sort of reaction to that? Is she uh, crazy or was there something? No, there? I don't think that she betrayed um, women in sports, because like I said, if you put content out, that's respectful and honest and, you know, truthful. And there, there's, meat on the bone to what you're talking about and people respect what you're saying and you're again loyalty right like whatever i i don't i've never really felt that way as a as a woman doing this um and people have been extraordinarily supportive but um i think more so than anything and she did a nice job today like for the most part i mean there she's under a lot of scrutiny i mean barstool is involved at this point so um you know, I, I don't want to speak on her at all, you know, about what happened other than that. It's like, it's just the whole thing is so toxic. Like Michigan fans, like, dude, come on. Like you win the Big Ten, you're going to the CFP, like just, just enough. Like Michigan State, like we have our own battles to fight right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like it it's so subjective when it comes to women in sports. And I think everybody has a different experience. And as long as you are honest and truthful to yourself, then then you're in, in to to your to your fan base and to your followers, then you're going to be you're going to be a OK. So you don't think you've seen a lot of like the kind of because Aunt, Aunt Wright was talking about the oh, oh and the kitchen stuff. And like, I haven't seen people say that to you. Maybe it's because you're like, so I mean, you, you are honestly objectively really good. So I don't know if it's like. <laughs> Well, even like you. those weirdos like won't come out like against you because it wouldn't really go well for them from a content perspective like you no. haven't really faced that kind of stuff though no i mean sometimes like more on like a national level if i'm putting stuff out there like about rogers or yeah but no people people have been super super kind to me but that's because i like to think that the material that i'm that i'm giving to people they they enjoy and that they follow and they relish in and yeah i haven't experienced that but I believe in what I, everything that I say and everything. I'm very genuine. Like, hello, you are not going to find me on a burner. Everybody just letting y'all know. <laughs> I thought that was appalling. I've done three shows on this in various forms, so I don't want to make this the fourth in 24 hours. Uh, but I thought it was egregious. And I, I think that individual needs a lot of period of uh, a long period and a lot of reflection. I, the problem is when you get into this boat of a, uh, you know, oh, what do you want from me? Or when is enough enough? Or, hey, I apologize. Like when you're in the opening moments of a, you know, sort of individualized crisis like that, you know, take her out of it. Any situation similar, the it's the worst possible time to punch back and push back and argue. I think you just kind of have to take it, even if people are a little overly harsh or, you know, maybe even unfair, just for that initial day or two, at least. 
And, you know, I think she's come out swinging, certainly against me. I mean, she kind of attacked me. It's like, you know, I don't think it's the right play. Like, if I were her friend, I would advise her otherwise. You Is that, is that like, kind of, you like, wouldn't you play that a little bit more reserved? Oh, I mean, I give her massive props for getting on that spaces tonight. Oh, I agree with that part. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I don't know what the agenda was, if it was to, you know, really. It's her side of the story was the framing. Tell us what happened. Oh. 100 percent but like i don't know how i would have played it if i was in that situation but i think like come on everybody like everybody in the twitter verse like enough with the burners and like the michigan michigan state stuff like again like we're all we're on such different paths right now as michigan state football and michigan football like just worry about your own man and like support your own and take care of your own and like no one's bringing batteries and no one's bringing whatever to to East Lansing. Like it's gonna be Gucci and and everyone's <laughs> gonna survive and you can bring your babies and it's gonna be happy times. So like I love Valeni. Like I know a lot of people don't, but just enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean i I disagreed with his doomsday stuff. I didn't think he was threatening anybody. And I think the assertion that he was threatening anybody was absolutely absurd and well, disingenuous. I, people came out today. It were, um, I think it was Nick Bradley, the Detroit area. He was like, dude, um, hello, this is his job. Like, this is what he gets paid for. He gets paid for people to tune in and listen. Like, See, but why, I don't, I why don't agree let with it... Nick Bradley on that? I, I disagreed with Trevor McHugh on this last night at like a 2.40 in the morning spaces. Uh, things are going well at my house. Um <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> arguing with like a, a space with like seven Michigan people like, hey, motherfuckers, let me tell you about this tunnel thing. Like, you know, yeah, it's, I'm a glutton for punishment. But Trevor, first of all, you're in the majority opinion. And so is Nick. So I acknowledge that. I like to say up front, like, I get that I'm an outlier. Mike Villani doesn't do anything for clicks. He, he doesn't. He really doesn't. Yeah, he could. I, I do. I, OK, I level with you he on that. He means everything like, he says. He does mean everything he says. And he's super genuine guy. And like, he's just. He's very like off the cusp. Like he, he, he's not contrived enough. He like he his give a fuck level is way too low to be like okay, I'm gonna say, look, what's gonna get the, the masses mad. The guy just had an organic, even in his tone. Skip Bayless, you can see like the wheels turning. You can see the plan. Valenti was just talking. One hundred percent, and I agree with that. But like, where I agree with like Bradley on it is like. He he is trying to get people to he's not doing it for clicks like he's very genuine in what he says and like his material. Um, but. I, I don't know. He's the I, goat. Funny's the goat in this tower. Lenny is the goat. And that's the thing, which is so great. Like he's a polarizing character and that's that's what every great sports talk radio needs, at least in my opinion, because it's, if there's just too much mediocrity, it's like, OK, well, it's news fest. You know, yes, we'll, we'll tune you out. He's um, awesome. I just I, I think it's an insult. Like people have you know hit me with that. And I'm certainly no Mike Filani. That's uh, very self-flattering if I were to suggest that. But people have said like, oh, you're doing what you need to do to drive engagement. Yeah. Like content creators think about like what would people like? And you, I'm not saying there's no content curation sort of in those uh, or in that spirit or along those lines like that. That does somewhat dictate what you might want to do. I've never released anything or said anything I didn't believe or do anything I didn't want to do ever. Maybe I'll sell out. 
hasn't happened yet. And I don't right. think Valenny's a sellout either. I mean, he oh, might, no, I would never yeah. call him that. He's the man. He means what he says. So I disagree with you, Nick Bradley, but you're awesome. But again, it's also very, very, very biased. Michigan people are not going to like Mike Valenny. No, they're just not. I mean, I some of my best friends are Michigan diehards like they're going to find any way that they can to to shit on him, which I feel like a lot of, you know, Michigan people do the same to you. Like, yes. Well, <laughs> did you see that guy today? I first of all, he misunderstood me. It was some random guy that was bombing me on Twitter. It's in my mentions from a few hours ago. And I saw that he lived in Rochester. It's in his profile. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude, you're probably like a mile away. Like, come on over. I was like killing him with kindness. And he's a Michigan fan. And he said, I don't need you. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I don't need you ambushing me on the show. Yeah, people- and I'm like, bro, I wasn't inviting you on. I mean, that no no offense. Like, I only invite, like, either, you know, credentialed people, people I know are good, like you, uh, or, you know, athletes. Like, I'm not inviting you to grab the mic. And he, and yeah, I'm inviting you to just come check out the space. Like, I could probably walk to your house right now or vice versa. Right. Like, come on over, man. You know, I'm trying to be a nice guy. And. You know, he goes on to say, like, you know, he's not going to check out my Michigan content because I'm going to ambush these guys. It's like the people it's really kind of toxic out there. And I've never ambushed any of my Michigan guests, by the way. Everyone loves the experience. Yeah. Let's just all be kind going into football season. Yes. Be kind. I know I'll get like I'm going to get dummied for that. And people are going to be like this bitch. Whatever. But like if the Lions are eight and two, I'm going to be like walking around with no clothes on. I'm going to get arrested. But I'm even saying like Michigan, Michigan State, like. Just come on. It doesn't guys. matter. If the Lions are eight and two, I'll, I'll, I'll be, it'll offset the Michigan State tragedy, which I don't think will happen. I think Michigan State's going to be kind of sneaky good this year. I think so too. You agree. I want to have you back for that topic. Let's oh, do we'll, that one we'll, next. We'll time. talk. You yeah, down for Michigan State football down next? Down for time? Michigan State football. You're coming back for that one. Yes. And then the Lions will be the third one. Well, I got to have you back. It's been a pleasure. Mel Tucker, zero to 10. Where are you at faith level? Is it one, whatever it was, is it one notch lower than 2021? Have you been swayed big picture? We all know last year sucked. Have you been swayed negatively by what you saw last year? Big picture, are you still at the same level of confidence? No, give the guy time for recruits, right? Okay, like I think recruiting overall has been a little bit disappointing um, from what we, what we kind of have expected um, in his tenure so far, but they're getting it together. Um, give okay that's the thing it took Harbaugh seven years why I understand we gave Mel the bag I get it like we understand he's getting paid okay but just give him a full recruiting cycle that's all I'm at give him you know what I'm saying give him more than because the COVID year we always talk about that throw it out the window yeah other than the game at Michigan and Northwestern those two games I count but yeah of course yeah but no I'm still Again, maybe I'm just an optimist of of Michigan sports, like because I'm obsessed and we're all starved for for championships and stuff like that. But no, like I do think Michigan State. What is I think they're uh, over under set at five and a half. No, it's not even. It It was it was four and a half, like juiced, you know, in one direction, like juice. Four and a half. But they wanted people to bet the over. It was like a minus, like one sixty. The last I saw it was at five. But it was like then the juice kind of flipped the other way to like where they wanted you to bet the under. So basically, if they're going six, like I think that's maybe my favorite bet. Like in the Big Ten, I was looking today. I mean, not in the whole country. There's some sexy picks that I like out there across the board. But it's honestly, bias aside, it's one of my five or six favorite picks in the whole country. I would be really surprised. Like five, even if they go five and seven, I get my money back. Is this team going to go four and eight? I know the schedule's tough, but my Four God, really worse than last year. 
I don't buy it. I like Mel Tucker. And it's not just because I have three commission paintings of the guy and, you know, that'd be a problem. I'm, what am I going to do? Like sell it? And... Let, let people keep sleeping. That's all I would say. 20... And, and I'm not talking about this year. Like this year, it's might be a struggle, but like give him a full recruiting cycle. Give him a little bit of grace, which like if you don't want to, if you're off the train and you say Michigan's all laughing. Okay, talk coming. Okay, we've heard it. Like we get it. They're They're very clever. Do you laugh every time they, they hit you at that? Coming. Okay, and cool. When's your when's you are a bowl game? When's you are a bowl game? <laughs> like East Landfill. Like, okay, why do you guys care? Y'all are winning. Y'all are winning right now. Go be happy and relish in that. Like oh, don't I mean, shit on your rivalry. I'm fully in support of kicking your rival when they're down. If I can I am not a programmer. I'm a rudimentary level computer operator. If I can program a bot to tweet for you and no one would know the difference because you only say the same seven or eight things over and over again, do better. And that's why even I'm the one guy that likes Scott Bell. Everybody hates Scott Bell. Even if you don't think Scott Bell's jokes are funny, I, he makes me laugh. But even if you don't, there's no one else doing what he does. Yeah. Like, he's the only one telling that yeah. joke. Like, he's not just going on there when you're a bowl game and <laughs> East Landfill and Charty McFarty. Like, like, even if you don't like the game, at least it's an original sport right. that he's playing. I mean, right. my God, Scott Bell. I, I, I'll be your one supporter in the green camp forever, Scott Bell. I disagree with you on plenty, but, like, at least the guy's original. Yeah. Fuck's sake. I love Mel Tucker. I'm going to... Oh, gonna I love him, I'm too. dying on the hill. I'm with you, Mel. Everyone else is running. I'm, I'm staying strong. Natalie Sparback, you are awesome, as expected, as predicted. I'm the least surprised person on the planet that you did awesome. I'd love to have you back. Let's do kind of like a more Michigan State E thing. And oh, then, maybe maybe rivalry week. We'll get some people down here. Oh, you know that's going down. I had Jacoby Woodman in here four days before he was in the news for all sorts of bad reasons. Uh, and I mean that kid is. I got so much shit because I said it's unfortunately for the mean people out there still out there. I said Jacoby Woodman, other than maybe Kenneth Walker, is the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And then he got suspended like four days later. Uh, he was one of the, I would argue, lesser offenders, but you know, I still think he's an awesome guy. But man, they killed me over that one. It was like that that one boomeranged fast. Um, I, it was with uh, Xavier Henderson, Darius Snow, and uh, and uh, they call him Kobe, Kobe Woodman. I love that guy too. I, we should have, you want to roll in with Jacoby? Jacoby will do the show again. Let's do it. You'll love Jacoby Woodman. Let's do it. That that guy is. I'm ready to go. I I can't believe that guy ever got in trouble for anything. He's got the halo over his head. He's. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, is this okay? Can I sit here, <laughs> sir? Is this, yeah. is this my water, sir? Aye, aye, Captain. I love you. That guy's <laughs> awesome. Jacoby Woodman's awesome. Natalie Sparbeck, you're awesome. Ben, Augusta, the Great and Powerful Oz, you are awesome as well. Eric Williamson, appreciate you. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to say who's sitting on my couch outside, but uh, hey, love you. Um, good luck with all that, you know, crap going on down in Birmingham. Um, I, I can't say Ooh. Natalie Sparbeck, Spiro Avenue. Thanks. We'll see you next time.